that, that kind of sucked. And I looked at him and I said, dude, something's wrong. So we put it down, go to the back. We lift the back up. Nope. We just got maybe 10 inches of flex per corner. That's it. I get maybe 25 to 28 inches of total wheel travel on a 104-inch wheelbase. I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I've got an update for any Jeeper involved in the class action death wobble lawsuit with Jeep. There's an anniversary to celebrate as well. We'll also find out who Jeep has had a 20-year relationship with. And later in the show, I've got an all-new must-have for all you JL owners. Well, who doesn't know about Death Wobble? If you're a Jeeper, you've obviously probably heard about Death Wobble. Well, there's actually a lawsuit, a class action lawsuit, if you will, surrounding the 2018 to 2020 Wranglers and Gladiators. So if you own a 2018 to 2020 Gladiator, Tony, I believe you're included <laughs> in, in uh, that group there. Um, well, then you're probably going to want to perk your ears up because there has been a settlement in the class action lawsuit surrounding all of you. Uh, in regards to the death wobble that seems to be prevalent in a lot of these vehicles. So, Tony, have you experienced any of the death wobble in the, uh, in, the in your Gladiator? Only that part that I was telling you about, that certain section of road where it would get wobbly. Uh, I wouldn't call it full-fledged death wobble, but it, it has been uh, kind of strange. It was after the, the tires got rotated. So, um, for, for those, and I, even though you may or may not be officially entered into the class action lawsuit, you may still be able to, uh, to take a participation in this. Uh, what's going to come of, what's all going to come of this? Well, possibly, um, is at least a warranty extension and possibly cash back to those who, um, who opt in, if you will. Now the cash back is only going to be paid out if you came out of pocket for repairs associated with the death wobble. Brought it into the dealer saying, hey, this thing is shaking all over the place. I need you guys to look at it. Uh, well, we're going to have to, you know, cover this, that, and the other thing. It's not under warranty. You're going to have to pay for these parts. Well, that, and here you go. So you would get that reimbursed, if you will. Now, if you didn't come out of pocket at all, you're going to get a warranty extension uh, of about eight years or 90,000 miles. And under that, it would cover, quote, unquote, at least as far as um, uh, association with this, with this order, um, all parts and labor needed to replace a failed front suspension damper or a steering stabilizer, if you oh, will. Oh, no, mine's been damaged. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, hey, that's what I'm saying. Is go in there and, and get it swapped out. You're saying, I got death wobble, um, and, uh, and so they, they may uh, swap it out under warranty and underneath this uh, exemption. So uh, Now, Jeep is, of course, denying any admission or uh, of liability of wrongdoing, anything like that. So you know they're, they're taking an official statement, but making things right. Now, for those who have spent money on this, want to sort of opt in on this class action lawsuit, if you will, if you own a 2018 to 2020 Wrangler or Gladiator, that is, um, there is a link that we will have in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com that you can click and, uh, and it will take you to when, uh, forms that you need to fill out and all that sort of good rod. Uh, there is one more step before all this is official, though. There is going to be a fairness hearing scheduled for April. So we got a couple months or so, a couple few months before this becomes more or less official. Um, there needs to be a court that is going to sign off saying, hey, this is fair. Uh, this is amicable. You guys can do this. Uh, it is a, a qualified settlement, if you will. Not that a settlement like, well, geez, these people are getting the short end of the stick. This isn't fair. You need to step up and offer more. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but nonetheless... There is a fairness hearing scheduled for April 19th, and that's going to happen in Detroit. So if you're thinking that you may or may not be a part of this, you don't know, you're uncertain, 
Well, there are 192,000 owners that have been identified in a 2020 assessment. Now, we're in 2023, and this is uh, this includes everything up to 2020, so I don't know if there's gonna if those numbers are going to increase or not. But that's nearly 200,000 Jeepers out there that are going to be affected by this. You could be one of them. Tony, I think you are as well. Could be. Uh, I'm glad that they're not just blatantly uh, uh, cashing, just pay, throwing cash at people for death wobble in a Jeep. I mean, that's a rite of passage, having a Jeep and having to deal with death wobble. I mean, you know, come on. It's just one of the things you have to do with a solid front axle. Well, these are specific Jeeps. Well, it certainly shouldn't happen that quick either, so I, I can understand why they uh, may be concerned about it. I wonder if it has anything to do with those aluminum knuckles they started using. Which I was really, I was really bummed out whenever I found out that the the, the, twenty twenty one Jeep Talk Show Gladiator had aluminum knuckles. Yeah, aluminum is a soft metal; it can be at least, and uh, it would wallow out easy, easy, or easier than steel, anyways. Mm -hmm. I can well imagine that's going to be something that's going to be replaced at some time or another. Uh, Not not due to a class action lawsuit, I would imagine, though something that's going to have to come out of pocket. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Wimby, there will be body damage. Chuck. I like making people laugh. That's it's good for my soul. Chuck. Yeah, I don't think so. And I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. And this is Chuck. And as Tony says, no modification goes unpunished. Uh, needless to say, I have. Learned a lot about Alcan Springs and changing your CJ over to high dollar suspension. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's a fun uh, a fun way to go, but you feel better once you've accomplished it, once you've uh, uh, gone through and uh, passed the challenge, so to speak. I'm Tony, and uh, the law and order order works, but you have to put some effort into it. More on the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator vandalism coming up shortly. And now back to the news. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. So I saw an interesting YouTube video today that's something I had never considered, uh, and it was about electric vehicles. Now, I, I want to go on record, and I think all you guys agree with it here, uh, Josh and, uh, and uh, the, the other person there, Chuck. Uh, <laughs> I think that we all think that electric vehicles are uh, eventually a good idea. The problem is, is uh, the the thing that makes them go, the batteries that, that don't produce power. They they accept power and then uh, dole it out. So uh, you know, and I think that the idea, this big push, this big political push for the electric vehicles, is only just the beginning. Do you guys get the feeling? Do you guys get the feeling that uh, there's more to this story than just uh, saving the saving the earth and getting the uh, the electric vehicles uh, taken over the world? Well, yeah, because you're not saving the earth at all. Going to electric vehicles, exactly it's counterintuitive. It's retarded. So, uh, and we've discussed this before. the The lithium mines uh, just are horrible. Uh, for the planet and there's a lot of uh, fossil fuel being used to get this lithium out to make the batteries Uh, and and i don't want to negate i mean i'm not so concerned about that as i am just uh it seems to go against the whole uh, green new deal uh idea it's not green it's not green at all no um I mean, I don't know where you're going with this yet, Tony, because I don't pay attention to the show until I'm here. <laughs> uh, you got like a job. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just, I just kind of show up and, you know, 
say some smart ass retort but uh aren't batteries made of plastic like isn't the like casing plastic yeah it's, it isn't uh, that they, they do that to make it a lot lighter you know <laughs> yeah isn't that a petroleum product i guess isn't it the is dash on petroleum isn't the tires petroleum mm -hmm. isn't the all of these things are petroleum which is oil based and all they're doing now is filling it instead of a refined petroleum part product a refined some other kind of a you know power source it's still a petroleum vehicle going down on the road powered by something else it and every single um uh, tool every piece of equipment that is utilized to make the battery powered widget is all petroleum based it's it's absolutely it's it's a joke in my mind mm -hmm. i have you know, seen some things to your point i have seen some things they were talking about plastics that uh, deteriorate over time so they don't last uh five thousand years personally i think i, I like the idea of something lasting five thousand years uh, uh, that's really cool uh, i mean look at the pyramid everybody thinks the pyramid's cool uh, but uh, the, the, some plant-based plastics, I think, that are being uh, made, at least in the laboratory. But I don't know how uh, inexpensive those are compared to the petroleum-based. But, but I get what you're saying. Um, the, the, this, uh, and, I, and I think everybody here has heard about the Green New Deal. I heard on this, this video today, I had never thought about it before, and one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this tonight is uh, – this doesn't make any sense. Would you guys agree that this whole idea about electric vehicles and them pushing it doesn't really make us make a lot of sense? Yeah, I, I think it's dumb. I'm I'm against it 100. Well, they talk about a smaller carbon footprint. You know how you make a smaller carbon footprint? You don't let Cut anybody. You don't let anybody uh, drive vehicles anywhere, and that includes electric vehicles. This seems to be a, the, well, the the long term goal here seems to be. If you want to go someplace, you need to walk or ride a bicycle. Yeah, but Tony, let's let's just get all right. Let's get farther away than the vehicle. Right, we're talking into a plastic computer. That plastic is made from oil. Right. So mm -hmm. I mean, just I mean, it, it's if they're going to do everything internet, the only way you can get on the internet is a plastic widget. That's an oil-based, petroleum-based product, right? So I mean, it's just asinine to me. Right, the only thing that isn't plastic is heavy machinery out there, like what Josh he's got some on his in in his fleet where he works. I've got some in my fleet where I work. There's no plastic in them; it's all steel, and we go out when we move dirt. Right, I mean, it, this whole Green New Deal thing is just that. It's just a bunch of political retards that have no idea how the real world works. Right, honestly, and yep. and, and, and but the, the the this is what I'm saying here, and this is what I was what I figured what I learned in this this video I watched today is it doesn't make any sense, and there's a reason why it doesn't make any sense. They don't want to tell us what the ultimate goal is because there'll be significant pushback uh, once they roll this thing out because there's even discussion about uh, if you have to walk someplace or ride a bicycle someplace, well, you need to be close to everything that you need to go to. If you need, if you, you can't use the argument, well, I've got to drive my vehicle because it's, you know, it's, it's 15 miles away or 20 miles away or 50 miles away. So the idea is, is that the, the creation of districts, and I know this sounds like a movie, the creation of small districts so that you can wa walk or ride your bicycle to everything you need to go to, including your job if it's not online, and then, uh, if you in, and in, in these districts, uh, have you guys hold about, heard about social credits that they're using in China, 
where you get these credits depending on how nice a person you are and how how well you go along with the rules the government rules and stuff no so Mm -mm. they're talking about like if you want to go visit grandma well they're going to look at your social credits to see if you've uh, earned enough credits to be able to travel outside your district so if you need to actually drive your electric vehicle someplace then uh let's check with the government and see if uh, if that's okay and I don't know if you guys uh, know about this uh, this omnibus bill or something that was recently signed. Uh, there is a, a, a law in there about having the uh, officials having the ability to turn your vehicle off, you know, for these quote-unquote high-speed chases. But what if it was used to keep you in your district? Oh, this guy's trying to go out of the district. Let's disable his vehicle. Yeah, you know, uh, I am a huge uh, advocate for traveling, even if you can't afford it. You know, you save up and you go to the next state over or five states over or maybe across the border or whatever, because the larger your world is, the uh, kind of more open-minded you'll be. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been lucky in in my military career. You know, I lived on four continents, you know, and, uh, you know, literally literally rented houses on uh, multiple different countries. And you kind of get a very broad perspective of stuff and you can stand back and see things like, hey, this is not right. You know, like the, like what you're talking about right now. You know, I mean, you can kind of stand back and go, no, 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 no. Like this is, this is crazy. But if you're, if you're segregated and you're down to a small little area, it's easier to be controlled. Yeah. And, I believe it. And I think this is what this really, what the ultimate goal here is, is just uh, controlling of the population and uh, breaking it down to smaller manageable segments i I don't like it uh it takes Mm -hmm. away our freedoms uh if i want to drive a gas guzzler well that's my my business not yours and uh Mm -hmm. you know and i'll just i think it's i've been very clear i'm fine with electric vehicles i don't really care about the lithium mines and how how it damages the earth and stuff uh because it'll all work out all this doom and gloom has been going on for decades, and every decade it's something different. Um, science is great, mm-hmm. and uh, people uh, have the ability to think, and we'll work through it, and it'll be just fine. Yeah, I was actually having a conversation with a client of mine about uh, just this. It was actually yesterday we were, we were actually talking about a building that we're going to build for them. And uh, I said, do you remember in the, uh, in the early 90s it was CFCs? Floral, floral floral carbons that was the big deal you yeah, know and yeah. when we were kids that was the end of the world we were all gonna die and this that and the other and and now i i just look at it as my carbon footprint you know uh, degradation or i'm i'm paying fuel tax yeah you know, i've got a jeep that gets miles to the gallon i pay for the fuel the tax goes to save the vi- environment all right now we're good well the more money i the, do what i want the more money the, cool. the, the of yours that the government has the more control they can uh, put on you and uh, uh i have i have no problem with electric jeeps i think they're great but uh, i it, it, there's a reason why none of this makes sense and it, it's not uh, global warming um i mean uh, you talking about uh what years ago I remember when I was a kid, there was a, a population crisis. We were going to be overpopulated, and we were going to be in this dystopian future, and we needed to do something about uh, all this uh, population control, yada, yada, yada. Uh, this, you, you guys all saw uh, the uh, Soylent Green movie, right? That was 100% based on that crap that they were talking about in the late 60s and early 70s. 
where uh, the world was so so heavily populated, the, you didn't have a place. Uh, you couldn't even go outside to change your mind. It, that's how crowded it was. Wow. Yeah. So You're watch old. that. Chel- yeah. Watch that Charlton Heston movie. It's uh, it's it's pretty good. Um, so what's it called? Soyant green. That was a food that they used based on plankton and uh, plankton in the sea. Little uh, green squares uh, that you would eat. Wow, sounds good. Uh, I don't think the Soylent Green is a movie that holds up today, but if you <laughs> no, want to watch no, it. not at all. <laughs> but, and that's kind of the point, is, is that it was this dystopian future that they were predicting that didn't come true. We got a lot more people on the planet now than what we did. Oh, good God. Compared to the 60s? Jesus Christ, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Gladiator. My name is Gladiator. Gladiators. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Gladiator. All right, well, it's time to give you an update on the criminal mischief investigation of the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator. I hope you guys aren't getting sick of hearing about this. Uh, I kind of look at it as a a public service thing for anybody that uh, has gone through this or uh, will go through this in the future. Now, of course, I'm living down here in southeast Texas, and uh, that means I deal with uh, Harris County Sheriff's Office uh, where the uh, the event actually occurred. And uh, your mileage may vary depending on where you are. I, I do remember uh, bringing this up in the Discord server, uh, which you can join our Discord server by going to jeeptalkshow.com uh, slash contact and just scrolling down there. You can click on the invite uh, to get to the uh, the Discord server as well as sign up for a newsletter there. Uh, but anyway, uh, I, I mentioned this on the Discord server and people, uh, very, several people actually said, oh, not, nothing's ever going to happen about this. The police are not going to investigate this. They look at this as something that you can just take care of using your insurance, which which means I have to pay a deductible for somebody that did something to to the vehicle that wasn't uh, my choice. And uh, beyond the the deductible, it just pisses me off that somebody would touch my stuff, uh, feel like they are in the situation where they can uh, do this in broad daylight and get away with it. So uh, I actually went to a Sam's Club where the uh, the incident occurred and uh, waited there. I called the the sheriff's office and uh, asked a uh, a police officer to a sheriff's uh, deputy to show up and pick up the security footage because they would not go out there and do it uh, prior to this on uh, several attempts to get them to come pick it up. Uh, and uh, waited, and I waited about an hour, an hour, hour and a half there in the parking lot. I got to count the cameras that I think I reported on last week. <laughs> There's a bunch of damn security cameras there at Sam's, and thank God for that. Uh, so uh, they, they came, and they picked up the uh, security camera footage, and uh, I, uh, I called the uh, victims unit and uh, verified that the evidence uh, was, uh, was there. Interestingly, though, uh, it was picked up on Thursday and was not checked in until Gosh, I think uh, like uh, Tuesday, I think is when they said it was actually, or no, it was checked in Monday. So I don't know, maybe maybe it'll show up on YouTube someplace. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Seems like a lot of time um, you, outside of the chain of custody, Tony. I'm, I know. I'm worried that if uh, this ever goes to, to any kind of a trial, that uh, since that evidence, quote unquote, uh, was... I know there's a lot of time that can't be accounted for, uh, leading to a big possibility of tampering, is all I'm saying. Now, I'm not saying that it did. 
I'm just saying this gives room for the defender, the uh, the perp's uh, attorney to say, hey, you know, th this went four days before it was finally checked into evidence. That gives way too much time for this to have been tampered with, to have otherwise been altered. Uh, and if it was entered into evidence or, or you know, into um, secured uh, lockup it, it within a, you know, that same day or within hours, uh, the next morning or something like that, probably a lot less of an opportunity f to bring that up. But nonetheless, there it is. Yeah, no, I didn't even think about that. That's always a possibility. Um, I don't, with the video evidence, you would, you know, I was just thinking with AI, I guess you could uh, potentially uh, skew words, anything. Tony, deep fake. Yeah. Deep yeah, fake. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I, 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 you know, I didn't hear this directly, but my, um, my impression was is that the officer that picked it up just didn't check it in uh, on the day that they received it. Um, but threw it in the back seat. You're I'll get to that later. Seat. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, to see what happens with this. What's that, Chuck? I mean, they're 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 you're not their only case. I mean, they are doing other things, right? So, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I mean, I understand what Josh is trying to say. Like, yeah, there is a possibility, but I mean, if it's like a month, maybe. But you know, if they got it on Thursday, they delivered it on Tuesday. They don't work Saturday and Sunday. It's what two and a half three days oh, that's a good point they don't you know, actually I mean, work eight to five that's right yeah right i mean that it's i mean there, there's different shifts or different stuff and you're not their only person right they are doing other well, things well damn it i should be <laughs> <laughs> i mean you're a big deal by god you got your own show <laughs> so so did i tell you what the the uh, estimate was for the repair uh on this i can't remember if i told that on last show or not i don't think i had the information I, at the no, time that told you offline i think so yeah the the quote wow. from the collision repair shop was for over not twenty nine hundred dollars but over twenty eight hundred dollars like twenty eight fifty twenty eight seventy something like that just for the the scratches and stuff that were put into it now of course the the fender flare is gouged uh and uh it has a piece of plastic that's uh curled up on on the the driver's side flare and uh, so, uh, and I did get with uh, Greg at uh, Underground uh, Graphics for the uh, the sticker that's on the hood. Uh, that's going to be about another $200 on top of that. So we're looking at easily over $3,000 worth of damage. Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. it's amazing to me. Shit's so freaking expensive. Yeah, it really Good is. Enough. I think it's the paint. Anytime you damage paint, uh, putting fixing the paint is is very expensive. Um, so, uh, well, don't they, uh, don't they have to take all that paint off, get it down to a non-scratch surface and then reprime and then repaint and then re-clear coat and then buff and then do a colored match or some damn thing. Yeah. I Isn't there so. a lot into it? Yeah. It, it does take a lot of time. There's a lot of manual work uh, to it uh, and talent. Just the matching the paint, I think is, uh, it's probably easier now than it used to be, but uh paint fades so you can't just go by paint color i mean i guess the 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 uh, gladiators knew enough where you wouldn't have to worry about uh, it fading that much uh anyway i was kind of curious where does this and this is part of what you were asking uh about this uh last week uh chuck was uh how bad this is going to be for the individual uh if uh, if caught uh and it certainly looks like we got enough information and evidence to uh, to, to catch this dude uh, but uh, so I did a Google search. Now I want to emphasize this: it's not anything from a lawyer or anything, so it, it could be wrong. But uh, doing a Google search uh, for Texas, this criminal mischief is now a felony. 
Is anything over $2,500? It's I think it's $2,500 to $30,000. It is a, a certain t- type of felony. So this is actually going to be uh, a felony uh, that uh, uh, could mean that uh, the uh, the perpetrator here could be facing up to a $10,000 fine and up to two years in jail. Now, I said up to. So right. very well could, could be probation. Uh, very well could be nothing. Uh, I, I, but I think there's going to be, and, and my goal here isn't to put somebody in prison. My goal here is to make sure that this person and, and you people out there that maybe you get uh, irritated about something. And of course you would never damage somebody else's vehicle, but at least this is a, a reason, another reason why, uh, you don't want to do this, uh, or at least take precautions so that you're not, uh, videoed. <laughs> Was yeah, I wrong but, for saying but, that? <laughs> well, Here's the deal. It, it's not the jail time because two years, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. 10000 bucks that's a lot of money, but you can pay that off. It's the convicted felony thing at the end of it all. That's true. That, that stick. I mean, this gentleman, if I remember right, you said he was about 68 years old. He's a uh, medical professional, mm-hmm. which if he is convicted of a felony, he will never be a medical professional again. And... Yeah, he's not going to be getting a job at 68 years old and a convicted felon ain't getting a job, period. Yeah. I and mean, I, I don't believe in that kind of crap, but I mean, that's the truth of the matter, right? That is the society that we live in. Even if you pay your debt, you are a convicted felon. It does not matter in society today. That fucking blows for this dude for scratching someone's paint. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, and I'll mention it's not like a, a fender bender scratching paint. It's somebody that went out of their way to do damage to somebody right. else's vehicle. And I, I, I'm hoping what? we can get him on the show because I'd like to ask him why. Yeah, I mean, it's criminal mischief, right? He, he wasn't just out there, you know, doing a donut, screwed up, and, you know, hit your fender. Like, eh, dumbass, mm-hmm. you know, pay for it, be done with it. I mean, the guy, yeah. you know. Trade insurance moved, and then it's taken care of, right. Yeah, but he. You know, I, I haven't watched the video and haven't really talked to you about this a lot because I have this thing called a job. And, you know, you, <laughs> you got I, I understand it. <laughs> Damn it, you want one? And, you know, he scratched your shit, got in his car and left or got in his truck, you know, the, the new right. Sierra. Yeah. And you're like, dude, you're a fucking idiot, man. You you just wasted the potential of the rest of your life for a couple scratches on a dude's hood. Mm-hmm. Wow, that makes you tough, you fucking idiot. Yeah. God well, and, uh, and and also, too, the information that you're sharing about the individual and his age and all the rest of that stuff, uh, I don't have that information from the police. Uh, there was an alternative source that I was able to use uh, to find oh, out uh-huh. this information. So it's always possible that, that uh, the police may find out something different. I don't think so, but I just want to make sure that everybody's clear on that. Uh, so, uh, we'll, mm. we'll see as time goes on. And of course I'll be reporting back and, but we'll have some more, uh, suitable, uh, Jeep gladiator information for, for few future episodes. We're not going to milk yeah. this one for t- 10, episodes or anything. <laughs> I just want to yep. give you an so, idea about this, how bad this is going to be for this individual. Uh, if, and when they, uh, the, the police, uh, uh, contact him, I don't know if they'll arrest him, but I guess maybe for a felony you have to. So more to follow on Young and the Restless. That's this right. This is great. The Jeep and the, <laughs> and the scratching, yeah. <laughs> the Jeep and the scratching. Days of our gladiators. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
from the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, Tony, I'm sorry to hear about your gladiator getting vandalized. I'm not sure why the guy did it, but I'm thinking that he's just sitting in his Toyota, listening to the Jeep talk show, and then he hears this. (laughs) From the mind of Nikki G. And then he just loses it and goes ballistic. We've all been there. Well, that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you that mirrors don't really break. They just multiply. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later, and you have a good one. Bye. In my heart of hearts, I like to think that Nikki G coming out of the bathroom, whether it's uh, doing number two or taking a shower, brushing his teeth, whatever, uh, plays on his phone the intro to it's now it's Nikki G. So Wendy, whenever uh, his lovely life, Wendy is waiting for him outside. She hears his intro like he's entering the room as with his intro. I think that would just be so funny. Nikki G, that's a great YouTube video for you. One of these days, I'm going to meet this guy and just give him a six pack of beer because he's made me drink. (laughs) (laughs) Good God, brother. (laughs) But you've never vandalized a vehicle because of him, right? Don't incriminate yourself. Uh, on to the news. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Jeep Talk Show. Podcast. At my mom's house. Hey, coming up on 753, Sean and Jared of America's Most Wanted 4x4 uh, AMW. 4x4.com and uh, very simply put they put a hemi in your jeep yeah that's bitching bro (laughs) you must have needed this every day i need it it's the jeep talk show's must have stuff pick of the week for your jeep all right, Jeeper, there is nothing more than I, I hate more, rather, than form with no function. So if you're like me, and you're sitting there wondering what you can do with those non-functional hood vents on your 2018 to 2023 Jeep Wrangler JL Rubicon, well, I have a kick-ass solution oh for you. Oh, my God. The, for the low <laughs> must-have price of $370, you can so. put some function where there used to be nothing. Replace those useless do-nothing hood vents with LED lights. No, not some big ugly pods that go in their place and would stand out like warts on a peach, but different hood vents with a built-in LED array inside of them. Now some of you might be saying, But Josh, those vents actually do serve a purpose! Now for those of you concerned, know this. Each assembly effectively maintains proper airflow and allows heat to escape from the engine bay. And in case you're thinking that the price tag is pretty steep for some cheap plastic hood scoops, well, they're not plastic at all. Each unit is made from heavy-duty steel, and the high-strength lenses were built from shatterproof materials. In addition, each assembly was e-coated for corrosion protection and then powder-coated in a rugged, textured black finish. So not only are they built rugged, they look the part, too. If that's still not enough for you, how about the included lifetime warranty? Now, maybe now these are a real must-have. Metal. Chuck likes metal. Do they make them for CJs? <laughs> you could probably bolt them onto the CJ. <laughs> I don't see why I mean, you couldn't. I, I need a hood. I need two hood scoops on a CJ. I mean, because well, one is cool. These are sold in pairs. Yeah. So. 
So this is really yeah. cool. I wasn't very impressed with this at first. I, and actually, I think the most impressive thing to, that I just found out was those they, those scoops actually do something. I figured they were just for looks. I didn't realize that it would actually they actually go through the hood and do anything to let air out or in. I mean, it's not like water induction, so right. it's it's just passive airflow. Mm-hmm. Well, it, do they let the water in? Oh, I don't, I'm sure it's baffled. It's not a direct opening, so yeah. I mean, probably not. Uh, uh, I'm sure that, that water is directed through the uh, the you know it, just, the metal <laughs> isn't just a single layer of metal. There's there's ribs and multiple layers and everything else like that. So there's probably a channel underneath these things uh-huh. that directed off to the gutter. You know, now that I see that these things are metal, the, the it really isn't that bad of a price. I mean, the the Gladiator. Oh, I'm trying to remember who makes those things. There's some nice wraparound taillights that came out for the Gladiator, and they're they're this price, and it's all plastic. Yeah, well, there you go. So now, Jeeper, that you must have a set of these hood vent LED light pods for your JL Wrangler. We're going to make it easy for you. Just head over to JeepTalkShow.com. Look for the link in the show notes for episode episode 754. We'll get you all hooked up. All right, Chuck. Uh, you mentioned some difficulties you're having with uh, your your CJH. Shit! What a piece of shit! I'm just gonna say that out loud right now. Any- <laughs> I thought you were having problems over there. <laughs> a fucking phone call from their buddy and says, "Hey, you want a CJ8? Don't say yes after a night of drinking, and then go over there in the middle of the night in a fucking rainstorm and grab a Jeep. This thing is a piece of shit, Tony." God damn it. But what so happened? You, you got CJ8. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm always in the always in the market. But yeah, yeah so of course you are. <laughs> you never learned your lesson. <laughs> man. Yeah, so, you know, I get all these new springs. I'm as happy as a puppy with two Peters, you know, I'm just damn excited. You know, and I've I've dabbled in custom suspension since I was in high school. You know, we've done a lot of really cool stuff, you know, quarter elliptical, buggy spring, three-quarter elliptical back in the day of where articulation was new. And, you know, I'm thinking, hey, I'm going to do this to the scrambler, but I'm going to keep it sprung under. I'm just going to pay the money to have real parts made. So, you know, I get these Alcan springs and it's, I mean, you're just moving springs over. It's not that big of a deal. Well, um... I forgot that when you change the spring width, you also change the spring plate for the U-bolts. Of course. So I yeah. start day one. Yeah, because I'm an idiot. So I start day one, yank one spring out, yank the other spring out, put all the bushings in, start putting the new thing. I can't even put one fucking spring in. And, it, and my Jeep is like taking up my shop, right? And I've got tractors that need to be worked on and other stuff that needs to be worked on. Oh, no. A week later, the plates come in. No big deal, right? It's just you're going from a two inch to two and a half inch. No big deal. I put it in. Oh, no. On a Dana 30, one U-bolt is wider than all <laughs> seven other U-bolts <laughs> all the way around goddamn Jeep. So I've got eight U-bolts that are all the same you know, diameter. I need one wider. Can't do that. And I have two, ne- two brand new plates that the holes aren't in the right spot. So what does Cowboy Chuck do? I grab out the torch. I start heating up my U-bolt, throw it on the anvil, make that son of a bitch wider, grab the torch set or the, uh, my plasma cutter and 
wallow out the holes in my plate, stick it underneath there, everything's great. Get three of the four corners on, and the passenger um, back passenger side, I realize my frame is so bent that I can't get the new spring on. It is so destroyed. Everything is so ruined. I can't even get the damn spring to go on. So I actually, I just stopped, walked inside, got a glass of water. My wife can tell what's going on. You know, she gives me a kiss on the lips. You know, is everything going okay? Like, no, I should have just bought a fucking gladiator. You know, <laughs> God damn this thing. <laughs> you know, I, out there. Yeah. I end up, I end up using giant pry bars, ratchet straps, and a bunch of other crap, and I mold this stupid <laughs> spring into place. Well, I've got Orbit Eye shackle ends. You oh, can no. totally tell now. When the Jeep I is bet. sitting there, like one shackle is at like 15 degrees, the other one's straight up and down. You go to the front, and shit is just all over the place. And I'm like, oh, who cares? You know what? It's just an old piece of shit scrambler. Have you driven you know, yet, though? Is it okay driving? I mean, do you feel anything different? More, more, more to follow. More okay. to follow, Tony. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm jumping ahead. I'm, 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 I'm invested in this story. Dave <laughs> Chuck, right? <laughs> no criminal stuff. It's just, you know, cowboys and cow shit. So I need new shocks. Because I've got these badass flexi springs now underneath my Jeep, right? I mean, I, these are custom. And I'm used to my rock crawler CJ5 where, you know, on I've got 88-inch wheelbase on my CJ5. And I can drive over a 37-inch tire and not leave all the other tires are on the ground. So I'm thinking I've got tons of flex. Because when I built that Jeep, it, it was all... Craigslist parts, used stuff, leftovers from other people, and hodgepodge shit. This is the first time that I ever threw the money down, custom-made shit, like, hey, I'm going big time today, boys. My son and I go out there with, you know, our, one of our skid steers, and I say, hey, we're going to flex this thing out. You know, we're, we're going to really see. So Josh, my son Josh, not the co-host Josh, so the co-host Josh can be my son and the son. No, well, never no. Yeah, the lovely and, co-host Josh. <laughs> yeah lovely lovely co-host so josh starts picking up the driver's side front tire and we almost fucking rolled the scrambler because we get that front tire about 25 inches off the ground the back tire just launches off the dirt and i'm sitting oh, there like josh put, put it down and he's looking at me like wow that wasn't very interesting dad like that was kind of a that, that kind of sucked. And I looked at him and I said, dude, something's wrong. So we put it down, go to the back. We lift the back up. Nope. We just got maybe 10 inches of flex per corner. That's it. I get maybe 25 to 28 inches of total wheel travel on a 104-inch wheelbase. So my springs compressed are 14 inches, 13 at the tight end, and fully extended, I have 23 inches. So a regular old shock will work. I don't need anything high end or nothing. So it wasn't until a Discord server listener, I don't know who it was, they said, dude, you're sprung under still. So 
I'm really hoping that the uh, the ride quality is going to be there because flexing right now, I'm not seeing it. But um, I'm really hoping that the ride quality. So I, I've got to order some shocks and do some other stuff. Haven't been able to do that this week, but uh, got some steering components. I'm going to put on some refresh it. But yeah, what a piece of shit Jeep, man. Like it was a fucking nightmare and found out that all of my front like the old springs where everything was attached, all of the bolts were loose. So on a on a 80s CJ, like your spring hanger is riveted on, but then your shackle mount, your shackle hanger is bolted on. All of my bolts were loose. So I was doing 90 down the interstate and all my shackles were moving around at, you know, a half of an inch, a quarter of an inch at a time. Jeez. So that, that's all my... Some things are better uh, <laughs> left unknown. <laughs> so, so when really is a piece of shit. So when you say uh, <laughs> under undersprung, you're, are you talking about where the the position of the the leaf spring is on the bottom of your axle instead of the top? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's sprung under, uh -huh. which um, a lot of leaf spring vehicles are, and it uh, it helps with axle wrap. Right. So, so like when I went, um, I don't know. I think it was a about 10 years ago, I just kind of went out on a limb and did a, what's called an SOA swap, which is a spring over axle swap. And the big thing to do is to get stock YJ springs and that they're really, really flat. They're longer, very flat and wider. They're two and a half inches front and back. And you get about a five and a half inch lift total. And it's fine if you don't have a lot of horsepower and a lot of torque because you will get an immense amount of axle wrap on the rear end. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they make stuff and you can do things. So because of the amount of horsepower that I have, the amount of torque, and the amount of fabrication that it takes to do a spring over, I decided to go spring under. But that makes all of the articulation change. Like you are pretty limited and I plumb forgot. 100% plumb forgot. I just thought... Hey man, I'm paying. I'm finally first time in my life. I'm paying big money for stuff, and yeah, nope, it's still antiquated stuff. And and um, I think I'll be fine. You know, I I still think I'm gonna be able to wheel really well. And you know, it's really the driver. I I say it's sixty percent driver and forty percent rig. So I, I think I'll do totally fine. I'm just really, I'm really interested to see how the ride quality is gonna be. Mm -hmm. You know, th that that's. That'll be the the big thing for my wife. You know, she she wants to ride in a nice, nice, uh, nice riding rig. You know. So that means you are not going to move the leaf springs to the top of the axle. You're going to keep them under. Uh, I I, I want to keep this rig spring sprung under because if I do a spring over, then I have to do a um, axle wrap bar. Which yeah, is, I was going to ask you if there was a way that you could still do it. Yeah, leaf on yeah. top and not the, have the axle wrap. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of fabrication. Like on my CJ5, my rock crawler, which I, I might bring out to one of the events one day. It, I mean, it is absolutely amazing. a flexy son of a bitch. And uh, it, it only has the 4.2 in it, you know, and I've got 488 gears and, and a uh, T18. And when I get on it, I mean, you can watch that axle move, but it just doesn't have the RPM, you know, the, right. the, the torque and the horsepower stuff that my motor does now if i was to do a spring over on mine now i'd snap everything to smithereens you know i mean it would just blow everything to shit without putting a, a track bar and all this other kind of crazy stuff on the uh 
on the top of the pumpkin, mm. you know, to keep it from spinning. Well, yeah. like you said at the beginning, uh, no uh, modification goes unpunished, but uh, you're you're definitely going down a rabbit hole. I think we, we've all been in one, one way or another mm-hmm. when we've modified something. Yep. Yeah, so I, I you know, I'm not going to say anything bad. I mean, right now, it's all been on my Jeep, not on the Alcan Spring, and uh, I'm really excited to see how the ride quality is. You know, I, um, I got in it, of course, just drove it around the stackyard here, you know, which is you know, on a couple acres, and um, I, I don't even know that it, like, lifted the jet mud from old, worn-out, four-inch lift springs to brand-new four-inch lift springs, but I don't really know that it's gotten any height out of it, and I don't really know that it's any stiffer. So, we'll, we'll kind of see, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. of course, the, the tried and true is get out on the road and go down the interstate, you know? But um, well, I'm real excited. Don't start off with I'm 90. Hoping. Don't start off with 90, Chuck. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> no, I'm going to get on the interstate and I'm going to hammer the son of a bitch. And if I make it through on the other end, then we win. <laughs> stress test. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of stress test, uh, Josh, anything? Uh, have you been driving the XJ? Is everything still going well? Any new oil changes? Uh, anything? No, nothing I bad, I hope. Should- be around 500 miles this weekend i've been taking the long way home from work i uh went out and saw a friend who i haven't seen in in many many months uh who lives about a little more than an hour from me oh wow and uh, uh so i got a chance to put on some on some miles for for that uh, go through some gas and and all that sort of stuff um discovered that uh something i forgot uh in fact was the um, the Saturn View fan that I have, the electric fan that I, I have been running in the Jeep, the one that I slapped back in for the sake of just getting the Jeep back on the road uh, versus going through all the fabrication and necess- necessities that I need to do to install the Taurus fan that I have in there. Uh, but um, that, that that fan had uh, poked the radiator a little bit. Oh, just no. give it a little... Just a little Pillsbury Doughboy push, mm-hmm. and um, uh, just enough to where it uh, it put a very small pinhole leak in one of the veins of the um, of the radiator. Uh, and so one day I had um, uh, I was letting the Jeep idle and warm up. I went back into the shop, kind of got distracted for I was had intended just let it sit there for five or ten minutes. I came back; it was about a half hour later. Um, and, and the Jeep had been running. I mean, it doesn't overheat. Uh, the fan does what it's supposed to do, but there was some steam coming out of the, uh, out of the top of the engine, uh, out, of the, out of the hood a little bit, rather. Um, and so it's like, oh, grudge, that's right. I forgot uh, that radiator isn't 100%. So it doesn't do it all the time. Um, so that's, that's the thing. It's, uh, if it gets um, above 205 degrees, there's enough pressure to where I think it starts pushing through that pinhole. Otherwise, there's enough pressure or particulate in the coolant, I don't know, but it doesn't really leak. Uh, just every so often, there might be a little bit of steam. It is uh, a tiny hole out. then. That is really it amazing. Is very, very tiny. You're going to crack an so, egg and put it in there? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, because, so there's a, there's a Cherokee that I've been dealing with lately um, that I've worked on in the, in the past many times, and... Uh, um, the owner of this Jeep had put in some of that stop leak, yeah. the radiator stop leak stuff yeah. into the cooling system. If, if you never hear anything I say, hear this. <laughs> Do not ever add any kind of a stop leak anything to any fluid on your Jeep, period. Whether that be engine stop leak or radiator stop leak or trans stop leak, whatever it may be, 
just don't because it's not a Why? fix. It's barely a band-aid as it is, and it's going to introduce so much crap yeah, into that system that you will never get it out. This guy had gone through two different professional, like at a shop, radiator flushes, and still had crap in his cooling system. And and and, and it's just like he's coming to me like, you know, F, do you want me to do? I don't have this equipment. You know, yeah. Let I me let me build this time machine and stop you from putting that in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I told him I was like, this is the worst thing that you could have done. You know, so um, ended up having to replace the the heater core on it once already. Done that. Replaced the radiator on it once already. Going to have to do it again because uh, it's just. I mean, you open up the radiator cap and it's like it's like looking at mud. Uh, it's just it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much crap, and um, yeah, I don't, I don't, and I don't even know how many bottles of the stop leak has has. Oh, that's in there. yeah, that's that's the thing is so, yeah, no telling. Right? <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no telling. So yeah, just don't do that sort of stuff. Now, thankfully, my Jeep doesn't have those issues. I just have a a small pinhole leak that produces a little bit of steam. Nonetheless, um, it's not ideal when I go about to do the uh, the 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 Taurus fan. Uh, I'm going to have a new radiator standing by. I was just going to uh, ask you if you were going to do yeah. a little solder job, because if it's a small leak like that. I, I've thought about that. I mean, for to be honest, I could probably replace that radiator for what it would cost to have um, have have that have that fixed. Oh, no, um, I figured you're going to break yeah. the solder iron out and uh, just solder I, that I sucker thought about up. That. I thought about that. Just some, you know, some, but, you know, it's like I can, I don't even really know where the leak is. And so what I'm going to end up doing oh. is just putting a big blob of solder in the middle of my radiator right where yeah. I need bit of clearance right now so <laughs> yeah i mean replacing it's always a good idea are you going to try to do the the brass uh all metal with the, the brass no, and aluminum no. or here's here's uh, and here's why is that i i'm going to be dealing with very very little amount of clearance as it is and so if i mean i've already modified my core support uh to push the radiator forward a little bit oh okay oh i remember and, this and, yeah and, and even then, the core support yeah. has been partially cut to accept the bracket for the fan, um, so that so that everything fits in there. So it's all very, very custom, one-off right now. Um, the core support is probably going to uh, stay the same. I may order another one, uh, depending on on whether or not I need these modifications to work with the Taurus fan or not. Uh, that will be decided, but. but so the- you had to move your radiator because of a custom. F- fan that you put in and is that why it's leaking well it's so i guess not that's leaking, two questions but but yes so essentially why, there why is there but, such a lack of room it's an xj <laughs> it's a, it's a cherokee yeah uh, those, that's just that's those four point long yeah yeah, it's it's it it doesn't have the hood space, the engine compartment space that a Wrangler does, um, and and so the the core support, the radiator support, everything that that mounts um, all that that front end together uh, is all. Honestly, it could have been pushed out another two inches, and, and probably should have, but from the factory. Right. right. Uh, but uh, for right. whatever reason, they kept things so tight. Uh, maybe it was because of overall vehicle length. I, I don't know. They were trying to keep under a certain length. I, I don't know. Um, but for whatever reason, it's right there, right up in front of the engine, right right there. So. You're right, though. I mean, looking at the TJ, there's a lot yeah. of room in front of that 4.0, and it's, yeah. it's just not there on the XJ. Right. And so help me out, Josh, because I've never, I've never seen an XJ up close. 
did you have to move all of that because you got rid of the mechanical fan that goes off of the water pump and put an electric fan that is off of a whole different vehicle? Is that what's going Correct. on here? Help me out. Correct. Yeah. The Taurus fan's Two, larger, right? You're going to put a four. Correct. Now, the Taurus fan, unto itself, out of the box, yes, is a thicker fan. But there are modifications that you are supposed to do to it anyways mm -hmm. to get it to work into a Cherokee. And so that, that was one of the other reasons why that fan didn't go in. I was trying to drive that Jeep on Tuesday morning. And so, you oh, know, I or Monday, I, or whatever it was. And so I was like, nope, the fan's just going back in. I know it works. It's already plumbed for it. I've already got the bracketry for it. Right. I want to drive this Jeep. Let's get this in here. Because otherwise, it could have been another week of fabrication and modification before uh, everything got in there. And I, I was like, man, I I've waited this long. I'm not going to wait another week. Let's get this no, Jeep I on the road. Oh, and Chuck, I, I, and Chuck, you may it, not know yeah. this, and our listeners may not know this. The Taurus fan is, is such a... Uh, sought after fan is because I don't think, and I th but correct me on this, Josh. I don't think any other electric fan uh, has the CFM that Ford came out with with the the Taurus. So aside from maybe this fan, because in every single forum that I have ever read in regards to modifying the front of an XJ to accept an electric fan, nobody on the face of this planet that I can tell has ever tried to use a fan electric fan out of a saturn you know, out of a v6 saturn view oh and, 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 and so it that, has a higher that cfm fan, that's interesting i don't know if it has a higher cfm or not but christ almighty does that <laughs> fan move some air <laughs> holy shit so you're trying to figure uh, out why you are uh, tailgating uh, an 18 wheeler and come to find out it's just the suction from the fan <laughs> <laughs> no, it, the fan moves a lot of air. I don't have an exact CFM rating. Okay. I know that okay. the Taurus fan runs around 3,000 CFM, maybe 3,400, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. This moves around that. Let's yeah. just put it that way. It may be 3,200. It may be 3,600. It may be 2,950. I don't know. But it moves enough air to keep my Jeep under 210 degrees in a 100 degree temperature up here in the northwest during the summers so so, so you, you, you do you still you, have the the you, other electric fan the one the 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 driver's side electric fan that you used no the, that is not that is not in the jeep anymore okay so you so just I only have, have the one, one fan. electric okay. fan correct gotcha so if this one that you have works so well why are you changing it again because it's too damn close to the radiator and I've uh, wow. this is a brand new radiator. Um, I could go ahead and try to push the radiator forward another eighth of an inch. I, I could probably get away with that. Um, six and a half, one dozen to another. I, I don't know. And, and he um, has the Taurus fan. <laughs> and I do have the Taurus fan. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, why did the guy climb the mountain? Because he could. Yeah. Well, interesting, Jeeps. very interesting. Yeah. A lot more interesting than a, a scratch Jeep, I got to say. <laughs> you know, something else that was pretty interesting, Tony, something, else, uh, something that happened to me uh, about a week ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, was, uh, I was at a parts store doing something for work. Uh, I come out of the parts store, and I, I hear this, Jeep talk show! <laughs> and I'm like, what the, f you know, and I, and and I look, and it's And you ducked and waited for the gunfire. <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. It, it wasn't eggs or toilet paper or tomatoes or anything like Thank that. God. No, it was... Uh, 
<laughs> no, it was this guy that was in front of me in line at the par store, and I, I, I'm doing, I'm just in for some for some quick fuses, and and I'm I'm trying to get in and out, and there's this dude in front of me, and and he's this giant of a man. I mean, this guy's <laughs> like I, I mean, I, I stand pretty tall. I'm a good six two, six three. This guy had to have been six five to six seven, probably two eighty, three hundred pounds, but nothing but solid muscle. I mean, this guy was just like built like a shit brick house, a brick shit house. Um, looked like if you <laughs> like could picture if I if I say the words <laughs> Northwest Viking, yeah, and you picture a Northwest Viking, a guy out of the Pacific Northwest who's a full on Viking. That was this dude. He looked Nordic as all f, and uh, it was just I mean I, I was just like wow this guy this guy dude's huge. Um, so he gets his stuff and and he and he goes out. Didn't think anything of it. I get my stuff. I go out of the store. Jeep talk show. I was like, oh, oh, hey, how's it going? And he's like, hey, I saw your, uh, saw your sticker. I was driving the Cherokee, and and I, I've got a big Jeep Talk Show sticker on the on the sides of it. And um, and he's like, saw your uh, saw your stickers. Uh, you know, I listen all the time. And I was just like, oh, that's that's awesome. I was like, I'm I'm Josh. I'm one of the hosts. And and he got this look on his face, like, really, the you know? Josh? You know, <laughs> I like, thought you were bigger. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and so I go. By that time, I'm I'm over at the Jeep, and I'm shaking hands with him, and and uh, I come to find the guy's name is Neil, super cool cat. Uh, he's uh, looks like he's driving a 2018 to 2020 um, uh, Eco Diesel Rubicon um, and uh, a JLU, and uh, uh, in in forest green, nonetheless, a very very nice looking Jeep. Yeah. Um, and uh, and he's like, man, I'm sorry to say, I'm I'm, I'm still a rat bastard. And I was just like, okay, this guy is awesome. I yeah, mean, first off, he knows what a rat bastard is. He's not just calling out Jeep Talk Show for the sake of of calling it out, you know, talk to somebody. No, this guy knows about the show. He's part of the show, you know, knows about the rat bastards and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, man, that's no problem. Thank you for listening. You know, that's awesome. Hey, we're going to be trying to put together a, uh, a possible uh, a Northwest event. I hear for the Jeep talk show coming up this summer, possibly, you know, make sure you stay tuned. And, and he got all excited about that. And so hopefully, Neil, if you're listening out there, uh, stay tuned. We're going to try and get that some details about the Northwest event coming in the, in the uh, next coming months. So. Now, now, you shared something with me about this that you didn't include in the story. Uh, Neil had a man bun and you didn't feel comfortable giving him a hard time about it. Well, because you know, if you see a guy with a man bun, you got to call him sexy because you know yes. bitches love called sexy. Yes, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, he did have. I mean, like like most Vikings do. I mean, this guy had had a lot of hair and a big, huge beard and everything. Like I said, if he's very Nordic looking, like you know, Pacific Northwest Viking. That's what this the impression this dude left on me. So, Neil, if you're if you're just you know just a big dude and you got no Viking <laughs> roots at all, I, I'm sorry if I uh, offended you in any way, but uh, but nonetheless, a big shout out to Neil and, and thanks for listening, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and Neil, if I've upset you by the man bun comment, remember Josh is a lot closer than I am. So just <laughs> talk to Josh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, something else is close is next Tuesday. That's right around the corner. And if you would like to join us in having a lot of fun with the Jeep Talk Show, we invite you to join us for a recording of the Jeep Talk Show's roundtable episodes happening every Tuesday. And you can be a part of it even if this is your first time listening to the show. Uh, it happens every Tuesday. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It goes through the Zoom room, if you will. And, uh, and you can actually join in on the fun just by heading over to our website, jeeptalkshow.com. Uh, click on the contact button. You're going to find a link to click and sign up for our newsletter. The Jeep Talk Show newsletter has all kinds of great information in it. You know, the kind of stuff that's happening behind the scenes, what we're doing on the show, the giveaways, you know, all that kind of stuff. 
but as well as the information you need to join us on Tuesdays, every single Tuesday for the Roundtable episodes. So head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact today, sign up for the Jeep Talk Show newsletter, and we'll see you next Tuesday for a Roundtable episode. Well, it looks like this episode of the Jeep Talk Show has come to the end of the trail. We've got another episode coming up right around the corner. Until then, be sure to show your support for what we're doing here by becoming a paid subscriber today. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's largest, most downloaded Jeep podcast. All right, let's set the record straight. A 3-8-inch socket wrench is like politely asking that nut to come loose. Archie, would you, could, could you please? Uh, the half-inch socket wrench is like hoping that nut will come loose. Oh, you better, come on. Now, the 24-inch long, one-half-inch drive breaker bar is like telling that nut you weren't asking in the first place. <laughs> a 4-inch grinder with a cutoff wheel is basically like telling that nut it should have listened to begin with. But by the time you break out the torch, you realize nothing can be tight if it's turned to liquid. <laughs> so true <laughs> broadcasting since 2010